Welcome to the Life Rips Podcast, where I, Brett Bond, founder and host, interview and converse with others so we can all gain a better perspective as to what's really going on in this crazy world we live in. We're going to find out why life rips for some and not so much for others. Brought to you by Happy Gang Coaching, a coaching service that is solely centered around helping people become the happiest version of themselves, no matter the circumstances. Whether it's anxiety, depression, overthinking, or any other sort of roadblock that is potentially getting in the way of your happiness, let's take a deep dive into those roadblocks and look at things from a different perspective, a perspective outside of the norm. As somebody who used to abuse anti-anxiety medication and at one point held a 38 special to my head, to now helping others find happiness and being happy just to be alive, I can tell you that everybody has the ability to be happy. Everybody has the ability to change, but it all starts with your belief system. If you believe you can't, then you can't. If you believe that you can, you can. So if you want to learn more about my story or just chat one-on-one, you can schedule a free strategy session at happygangcoaching.com. Now let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Life Rips podcast. I am proud to introduce my good friend, Ruel Wadaho. Hopefully I didn't slaughter that. Sometimes I slaughter his last name. How you doing, brother? Doing fantastic, Brad. How you doing? I am happy to be alive, my friend. Happy to be here. Awesome. 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 Likewise, man. I love your energy. I love what you do, man. Super excited to be here. Well, I appreciate it, man. Well, tell us, uh, tell us and the viewers a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of your story. I know, I know you're an immigrant, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am. I'm originally from Ethiopia. What's up, everyone? Hope all of you are doing amazing, crushing it. You know, just um, wanted, you know, to give a little bit of background on me. You know, I'm originally from Ethiopia, as I say. Um, came here to the U.S. in 2016 uh, after graduating high school back home. Uh, you know, at that time, it was very hard to immerse myself to the side here in the U.S., I knew very little English and had no idea on how, you know, I'm going to survive or succeed in here. Uh, You know, during that time, you know, I applied for like 10 jobs and, you know, this local restaurant was the only one that called me back for an interview. And um, all of them denied me because of my poor English. Uh, You know, I didn't blame them because it was very horrible. (laughs) So um, the first thing I did is basically started improving my you know communication skill that's where i joined a community college um here locally and attended two years um in there basically spending hours into kind of mastering english uh, my writing skill because i know i wanted to go to the college route so i needed to master my writing so i focused a lot on kind of honing in those you know essential skills uh to communicate and after that um, you know, I, I was still working the busboy job at a restaurant. So I used to clean table, um, you know, and, you know, we take tips and everything. And that's how I supported my family. I was here with my mom and my two younger siblings. Um, and basically my mom, you know, it was even harder for her to get a job because of, you know, the English. It was harder for her to learn this language. So I was the only one that had all these responsibilities of leading family. And I imagine I was like, you know, 19 at that time. So it was, it was very stressful and I've never been put in this kind of pressure and, um, you know, struggle before. So it was very, very new for me. Um, it was challenging. It was depressing at some point, but, you know, I, I had two choice. One is to face it. Other is to escape from it. 
Uh, and I choose to face it because, um, you know, I say, if I don't try, how would I know I cannot accomplish it? So all I did was just start trying, trying different things, few things. And it's amazing how when you try, a lot of people are stood up for you. They will help you. And a lot of times we just have this thought in mind that, um, you know, some things are difficult or we cannot accomplish this. And it's all in our mind. But when you actually put in the work and try, a lot of people just get excited for your ambition, for your work ethic, and then they will want to be part of your story. They'll want to help you. They want to be there for you. And that's exactly what happened for me. Starting from my community college, um, a lot of my teachers, like my ESL teachers, were literally there for me to support me and, you know, help me with different things that I used to face, you know, starting from mastering English to enhancing my communication skill and even scoring high grades in college. And that's where I started two years, you know, I spent two years in that community college and then directly transferred to a four-year college. It was a full scholarship and I was uh, majoring in public health and minoring in neuroscience. So the goal for me was to go to medical school. I did pretty well in school. You know, I was keeping 4.0s, um, a lot of scholarships, a lot of opportunity in school. Um, and, you know, I wanted to go to medical school to study psychiatry with neurology because I wanted to help. I wanted to be in the mental health sector and people, you know, help people that struggle with mental health. That was my passion since I was a child. And, um, you know, what I did was I, you know, a lot of people tell you when you're in the medical field or when you're want to be an aspiring, you know, aspire when you are aspiring doctor, they tell you go shout out a doctor because that's a best way to actually kind of get a feel of what you want to do. Uh, that's exactly what I did. And when I shadowed that doctor for a week, you know, my perspective of going uh, to a medical school and, you know, you know, kind of pursuing uh, psychiatry with neurology changed. You know, so mainly these, these goals change for three main reasons. One is, as I say, when I shadow a doctor, uh, I found out, you know, a lot of the approach with Western medicine was, was very, very different than what I thought. You know, I had, I had an experience and kind of like I have a little bit of background on how things work. But when I really face it practically, it was, it was very horrible. It was horrifying to see that how. Uh, things are treated like in the mental health sector, you know, it's just about giving medication to people and kind of like doing this quick fix thing where people were really struggling with really navigating their mind, uh, figuring out their financial situation, really uh, dealing with their past experience and what comes in the future for them. And there was not a real approach um, that have an amazing uh, sustainable, sustainable uh, solutions for their problem because, and the reason I'm saying this is we used to see repeated people, you know, in the time I worked, uh, you know, in that hospital shadowing that doctor, we used to see repeated patients coming and seeing the doctor. And I always wonder why do they come? Like they came here before, you know, the, the, the doctor tried his best to give him some medication. Why do they come back? Like, is this supposed to give them a relief? This supposed to give them a solution and why am I seeing these people over and over, over again? And I did some research and, you know, what, what's wrong with in the method, the method that, you know, the Western medicine deal with mental health is basically by subscribing a lot of medication and being in public health and knowing how pharmaceutical work kind of, you know, you know, bridge my mind and saying that, wow, this is basically, you know, trillion dollar industry. This is why, you know, 
all these, you know, companies just, you know, produce this medication thing, anti, anti-depressant, anti-depressant, uh, and a lot of them. And then it's just that the approach was wrong for me. You know, there are of course some cases that we need to control with medication, like neuro, neurochemical imbalances and everything. But in here is like, if a, if a, if a young man walks in and then he says he's stressed over school and everything, here's an anxiety medication. And that definitely crushed you because, and, and also the labeling that they give these patients were really horrible. The second reason that I uh, decided not to go the medical school route was my goals. My goals were, you know, time freedom, money freedom, retire my mother, uh, that sacrificed a lot of things for me and my brothers to come here and get a lot of things. Uh, you know, that was my goal in going to the medical school, having a lot of student loan debt, working hours in the hospital are not going to get me there at a faster rate or, or at the rate that I imagined to be. And, you know, and in addition to that, I'm not inspired about what I'm going to do. So now I'm questioning this in, in, in a lot of different sides. And while I'm, I was in this cloud, you know, this, you know, one of my ankle, the, the only ankle I had here in the U.S., you know, that he was the one who supported me financially when I struggled uh, the first time I came here. Uh, you know, a lot of things were basically were very attached. You know, I see him as my as my, you know, own father. You know, he's not just my ankle because he, he advised me in a lot of things, you know, how to win in here, how to succeed, because he, he means, you know, he'd been in the U.S. for longer. Um, so he went back home uh, to visit and he didn't return. He passed away for, you know, uh, with a car accident. And that was a shocking experience that I faced. And, you know, one, it shocked me how life is, you know, not promised. You know, you, you, you have to do one thing that you love. And you, if you know that that thing is not something that you love, you know, you got to stop doing it right now. And that was the defining moment to, for me to say, I'm not going to do this anymore, you know, because life is not guaranteed. I, you know, if I'm unhappy where I am right now, of course, I was accomplishing a lot of things. I was, you know, always in the dean list. I was doing a lot of amazing things. I have good future in the medical route but I was not fulfilled. You see, a lot of people kind of focus on accomplishment and really forget fulfillment and happiness isn't fulfillment. So I knew that I had to make a change at that point. So that's when I started really finding my true purpose. And of course, dissolving my fears because dissolving a fear was a huge part because, you know, while I started learning a new thing, it's, it's very anxious for me because remember, I came here in 2016 and the learning experience for me, basically mastering English, all that kind of stuff is very hard. You know, I, it was tough time. Now I just figured it out. Now I'm telling myself, oh, you know, you got to destroy all this thing. And now you got to come back and learn. So that was very anxious. You know, I was very anxious about it. I was scared. So I had to dissolve those fears. You know, I had to say, you know, tell myself that you got it. You can't do this. And not only you can do this and be more practical and doing, you know, real work to find my true purpose in life. And that's where I landed in finance, which is what I do right now. I, I have, you know, I, I started getting into entrepreneurship, you know, did a lot of personal development. And, you know, when I dig deeper in entrepreneurship, I, you know, I started on entrepreneurship because, again, my goals, right? I wanted freedom, time freedom, money freedom, uh, spending more time with my family, retire my mom. And 
what is the vehicle that give me these things? And it's, it's becoming an entrepreneur. If you want to control your time, you know, that's, that's the best route you can go. And, you know, when I really dig deeper on entrepreneurship, it's all about solving problems. So I asked myself, what is the one problem I solve for myself? And I found out that was, um, you know, finance. Why? Because we didn't have any financial record here in the U.S. when we come. So I had to learn different ways to survive. And, you know, I remember when we were trying to really get an apartment, a car, a lot of them, you know, were asking us, what's your credit score? And I didn't know what credit mean at that point. So I was like, what is this thing? And all I knew was it's preventing me from actually getting the things I want. So that's when I started like this thing is very important and started navigating for myself, for my mother. You know, luckily our sponsors uh, were able to co-sign for us at that point, but they were, you know, they didn't have a good credit as well. So we were paying like 24% on a car loan. Imagine I work at a restaurant as a busboy, 20% on my, 24% on my car, and we couldn't even get an apartment. So we had to actually uh, go to a section eight, you know, government housing uh, to start, you know. So it was, it was a tough time, you know, it, and then, you know, we used to hear gunshot and everything, man, I was, that was the most challenging three years of my life. I wouldn't forget it. But also when you face a lot of challenge, the cool thing is that there's an amazing learning curve. If you use it wisely, that can get you, because you're going to be in a flight, uh, flight and fight response. You want to do anything to get out of that. And that's exactly what I did. So Long story short, that's how I got into finance because it was my pain. Now I say, oh, I solved this for myself. What if I solve this for other people and provide value? And that's exactly what I started doing. You know, going to my college and asking people, hey, what is your credit score? Do you know that if your credit score is poor, you're going to pay 24% of Carlin? They're like, really? Let's, let's work on this. Oh, if my credit score is improved, I'm not going to pay 24%. Yeah, I actually pay 5%. On a car loan, I can do that for you. And they're like, wow. And then they'll be like, how much you charge for that? And I tell them what I charge. This is simply how I started my business, okay? Then I started in the consumer base of credit, like basically helping people, um, you know, repair their credit and also build an amazing credit profile so they can uh, achieve greatness. So they can, you know, they don't have to stay in, in a government household like I did or, you know, be in an anxious situation like I was. So exactly solving that problem. Uh, and then, you know, after a year, I actually enhanced my company. And now I work with elite business owners, entrepreneurs, and I help them uh, secure large amount of financing up to $5 million in their business. Um, and I'm loving it, man. <laughs> that's, that's a long introduction, but you know, that's a little bit about me, man. Well, I just love it, man. And the, you know, the main thing that I take away from your story, and I remember the first time I heard it was just, A, there's no excuse, right? And then also the sheer fact that, you know, tough times are what make us who we are. And I preach exactly. that a lot. And I tell a lot of people that, you know, the toughest times in my life are what shape me to the person that I am today, you know, exactly. shape me into that person. And, you know, I think when you tell people your story, it really resonates with them because it's just, there's no excuse for why you can't do what you want in this life. You know, 100%. you came here as an immigrant, you had to learn a second language that was not your native tongue. You had so many different challenges and obstacles that you had to overcome and nothing 
got in your way. And yeah, there were probably times that you got down, like you said, you know, there were times that you were anxious, but you kept pushing through because you believed in yourself. And as time went on, you probably wired your brain in a way that understood, wow, I may have these feelings, but if I push through them and I, I know that my mindset is strong and that what I tell myself to be true is true. And you just keep pushing along, you know, you wire your brain for greatness. So I I appreciate you sharing, man. And yeah, I'm so grateful to have you on here. Pleasure, man. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, especially when you're talking about Western medicine um, and, and, you know, somebody who came from Ethiopia and sees it from, you know, a different perspective than somebody who grew up here, you know, what was there one thing that surprised you the most about Western society or Western medicine, you know, when you were, when you were studying that stuff? Yeah. So I think it's just the main thing that, um, you know, stood out for me in that aspect is two things. One is, you know, the way, you know, the, the procedure for diagnosis. Okay. So mental health is a very complicated subject. You know, it's, it's, it's basically, you know, the hardest to, you know, easily solve. So if someone, you know, if you, if, if you have, you know, let's say you, you know, you have, you have a cholesterol, right? All you got to do is give blood. They know what's going on, right? right? So if a person is anxious about something or if if he says or she says she's very anxious uh, and she's she's depressed or he's depressed, you cannot literally draw blood and understand what's going on. So what they do in here is they walk into a room and I was, you know, again, I shadowed a doctor. So all we're going to do is you walk in and then you ask curious of questions. So you collect data and they tell you, of course, answer, fast answer, whatever. And then based on that data, you make decisions. So here's a problem with that. So if in order for me to tell you all about my life, first, I have to develop great connection with you. Okay. So just because you wear a white gown and walk into a room, usually emergency room when people get admitted. Um, Maybe some of them are, you know, attempted a suicide or a lot of things, right? When you get in and you're trying to ask me what's going on in my life, and maybe you even have your buddy like or a shadow, a person that shadow you, and then you're two people trying to find out about my life, how comfortable I am to talk to you what's happening accurately, right? So the accuracy of that data you get is very low to make decisions and say, oh, this guy is suffering from this. This guy is su- or she is suffering from this. So this medication is going to solve it. Here's the medication. So the, the second part is also the, the, the solution, right? Of course. So you take all this data and then you plug and shug it. And then, of course, use diagnosis. They're smart people. They went through. Uh, regressive courses in medical school uh, that helps them to kind of like group these things and everything, come up with a solution. Solution is a medicine and any medicine works with probability. Okay. If these don't work, especially in the mental health, it's basically trying, it's trial and error usually, you know what I'm saying? And they don't, the doctors get annoyed when you say this, but it's basically, that's how it is. Like they've subscribed this antidepressant. It do, if it doesn't work, we're going to tweak it. Okay. But now you, you dig deep and see how antidepressants work, how they affect your neurochemistry. You know, your brain is full of neurons, tiny neurons. And 
neuroplasticity, how it affects that is, is crazy because these drugs are made with chemicals and they alter your mood. They alter how you think. They your, alter your neuroplasticity and neurochemistry. And now you're going to get addicted to them. Now you don't feel right without them. And also, you're also labeled on the top of this. You're also labeled. You're, you're an ADD person. So when people ask you, like, why, why are you? There? I'm an ADD. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like accepting that, that you're, you're a sick person that, you, that cannot be solved. And all you got to do is go take medication. So it's just the background and the mindset that you're going to walk with after coming to that ER or that hospital that I don't understand. That is where everything is wrong. From the, pro, from, 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 from the, the moment that patient walks in, from the moment he walks out, a lot of it is not solution-driven method. From understanding that person to giving him a solution to gaining, gaining him results. For example, you know, we can't see it in business, right? You know, I, of course, they are very different things. But when it comes to solution, they're, they're pretty similar. If someone comes with, with, with a problem to your business... And if you are a problem solver, you kind of see different ways to solve it. And then your goal is for that person to achieve the results they desire. And a lot of people, if they're anxious, they don't want to be anxious. So in here, the approach is here's medication, here's medication. And, you know, one, not understanding their problem, because basically, are they willing to tell me what are the questions I'm asking? How accurate my question will be for different people? And all these sums up and then you see, you know, you're not seeing results. And when I say you're not seeing results, I say this because I was there and we used to see patients all over again, same people, you know, and that's, that's how you really determine results. You know, if I do X for, for, for this person and Y for this person, and if both of them come with the same problem, what I'm doing have something wrong in it. And we have to reassess that. And that's, that's how I see it. That's how I really see it. And from, from the other side of the people, like from the people perspective, now I was basically talking about the medical aspect of things, or let's say the hospital. From the people standpoint, and, and this, is, this has been something that people, you know, since, again, a lot of times when we face mental health breakdowns or any type of problem, we tend to avoid it instead of accepting it and assessing it. So a lot of people have in here is, you know, like basically, I, I don't want to say weak, but, you know, they want a quick fix. That's exactly why they walk instant, in there. Instant and gratification. Think, yes, instant gratification. And saying, instead of dealing with it, why don't I go to a doctor, get this medication and fix it? Boom, right? Parents, they bring their, their children and, you know, their family members because they don't want to deal with them right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard for them or they don't want to see another approach. So, okay, let me take them to a doctor. Let that, you know, let them solve it while it's some of your responsibility to solve it. You know, if your kid is anxious, are you spending more time with them? Is that, is that something that you can try? Do you try to talk to them? Some parents does, but is there enough relationship for your kid to be transparent to you? Is that kid have the resources they need to, to navigate what they're dealing with at this point? Do you know what's happening in their school life? Do you know what they're happening in their personal life? Right? Who are their friends? The, people don't have time 
you know, to assess all these things. So how can I quickly fix this problem so I can move on with my life? Well, and, and the tough part is, is that like a lot of times it doesn't actually end up being something that they think it is, even if they think it's instant gratification. And this is coming from somebody who used Xanax bars very heavily in my mm. past, mm. you know, it gets better while you're high. Wow while you're underneath the influence exactly. of the substance, right? And then when you're off of it and you don't have it, it's 10 times worse. It's just a Band-Aid. And I think part of the issue 100%. with Western medicine is that we are treating the symptoms of the problem, not the root of, of the problem, right? Yes. If you cover up the symptoms, yeah, things are going to get a little bit better for a second. Agreed. That's why when you dive into that, you know, self-personal development, spiritual development, you know, whatever you want to call it, whatever rabbit hole you want to dive down, you see... It, it's really hard at first. It's not yeah. easy, right? It's not a Band-Aid, you know? And, mm -hmm. and it's not fun it's and facing. it's not instant. It takes a long time, but yeah. never said it would be easy. I just said it would be worth it, right? Exactly, exactly. And and you want long-term solution because, you know, again, you know, it's it's all about, it's all about skipping it or facing it. It's two, 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 two ways around and not, you know, when we boil it down, it's two ways. It's either to face the problem or escape from the problem. And if you if you escape from it, there's no long term solution. And and it's the same way. You know, a lot of people, what they do, some some, you know, some all of us have different coping mechanism, right? Some people can meditate, choose to meditate and some choose to start drinking alcohol. Right. The thing is, you know, in order to start med meditation, maybe to see effective results, it might take you months to master that skill. But with alcohol, maybe you can get instant gratification, as you say, you can hide for a moment, but it's a cycle, a cycle that digs more holes and, you know, more problems. And it's the same thing. So it's, you know, I'm glad you mentioned mindset and that's exactly, you know, what one needs to one needs to happen, a shift in mindset, a shift into saying, of course, you know, I might, I might be anxious, but I can, you know, I'm not going to be staying this like, like this for, for my whole life. If I figured out what is making me anxious, might make me depressed. Yeah. If I find out what is the cause for that thing and dissect and solve it, but also in this part, and that's why I love your brand. There's a lot of lack of awareness as well, you know, because when you're 14 and you're being bullied in school, you know, there's very little resource for you to say, oh, I'm going to navigate my mindset. So I love brands like you, Brad, that really magnifies the importance of your mindset, like, you know, working on your mindset, you know, knowing people's opinion doesn't matter. You know, you know, when since we talk about bullies, we can mention Elon Musk. Elon Musk found out his biggest passion, which is space and everything, when he used to be bullied. In, in school and this dude used to stay in the library to escape being bullied and now he become you know one of the richest people in the world with a passion right yeah. so a lot of times but you know if you ask me what makes him different from other people is his mindset i think there was one part that he understood that all these people's opinion doesn't matter after five years six years ten years they don't even know who he is right so but understand, understanding this for a 14 years old, a 13 years, because I was there, it's hard. You know, you get anxious about everything, how you look, who judges you, who your friends are. 
So brands like you that magnifies the importance of mindset and give insight to people are one of my favorite. Well, I appreciate the hell out of that, man. That, yeah. that means a lot. I appreciate 100%, that. 100%, man. You know, with that being said, talking about the mindset, I'm curious, how does yeah. the mindset and the mental health of the people of Ethiopia compare to Western society and America? So, great. So, I would say, you know, I would say better, right? Better. Yeah. But, and and that's that's when, that's what I'm, one thing I'm going to be actually discussing. So, back home there's no a lot there's not a lot of resources like like it is in here okay you know a lot of people struggle you know some people struggle even putting food in their table right so the problems are different okay so a lot of you know people might you know stressed about um not driving a nice car here and there the stress might be putting a table in the in the in, you know putting food in a table but the the cool thing is that you know, the community is very strong in there. There's a very, uh, you know, strong social tie, social unity, you know, in here is like everybody handles their own business, right? And nobody minds their other people's business. In there, there's a very strong support group, okay? So in your village, in your, like, for example, let me tell you, for, for example, funeral, right? If there's a funeral, the community actually have groups and strategies to cope with this. Because funeral costs are huge. And even the, the people, you know, might hurt like losing loved ones. But the community comes together to help them with costs and also stay in their house and kind of like giving them comforts. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. these little things makes a lot of people's situation very, you know, better. You know, despite not having all these resources, you know, access to care, access to therapists, access to brands like you, you know. Even though there's nothing like that, that is, you know, expanded in the, in the country, there's, there's like love, there's, there's genuine care from other people. So that's how that's, you know, that, that, that was a very, you know, a main component of my life as well, you know, because I, I grew up being grateful for what I have. So my, you know, I didn't feel like so discouraged in here because I was like, you know, it's amazing. You know, I, at least I have a dream. At least I have something. I have food in the table. That's something I was grateful for. And Gratitude is underestimated here in the U.S. And I'm not saying this because, you know, people are not grateful. I've met people that are very grateful here in the U.S. as well. But a lot of people, I think, got to see how fortunate they are to be living in countries like the U.S., you know, I because, agree with you. because it's an abundance of resources. You know, I'm yeah. a dude that came here in 2016 and I started a business. My business is doing well. I'm. I'm, I'm earning more than what I would earn as a doctor. Okay. And right. these is very hard to do in other countries, except the United States of America where free markets and all that kind of stuff. But also, you know, there are a lot of things that you have to, uh, you know, since everything is free, since everything is accessible, you have options in here. A lot of times, like, you know, growing up, I didn't have options of like being destructed and everything because, you know, a lot of things were controlled. We have limited access, but in here you have access to everything. So you have too much access to determine your destiny. So you have to be smarter in here than you are in other countries. What do I mean by that? Because you have many choices every single day. You have a lot of choices to make from. So you have to be smart, which one to make, you know, back home, I have very little choices. 
You know what I'm saying? It's easier to go to college or start something or do this. In here, I had you know a lot of choice because I have money to buy a drug. I have to do this. I can do that because, hey, all you got to do is just keep a $10 job and you, you're going to have plenty of money to do a lot of things. And since you have a lot of decision, you know, to make, you have to be a good decision maker, a wise decision maker. And that's where people struggle in here. Yeah. It's almost like in, uh, in America, sometimes we have like too many options, you know, that like exactly. people, people just get overwhelmed and then they get analysis paralysis because they yes. get caught up in making the right one, you know, and you do have to yep. be careful about the decisions you make, but most of the time your gut will tell you the right decisions to make. And, you know, yeah. I, I love chatting with people who have came to this country that weren't born here because yeah. whether they're working a, a busboy job like you were right or yeah. you know they own their own we're business. grateful yeah they're grateful 100 <laughs> percent. and you yeah. talked to you i mean you cruise through mcdonald's or wendy's you know what i mean every once yeah, in a while yeah. you get that person who's just like yeah what can i get you today and you just tell that they hate their job and i just think it's a lack of perspective and yeah so that's why i always tell people you know like if if starving children in third world countries can be happy like you see them smiling and yeah. playing with the ball and their belly is bulging because they are like dying of hunger and they're exactly. laughing right exactly. and that's where i really think it, it boils down to your perspective and how you view reality and 100 you know, percent if you choose happiness so that leads me into my next question and I yeah. think I already know your answer, but who knows? I could be wrong. Do you think <laughs> happiness is a choice? So, yes. So, you know, the reason I don't want to have firm answer to that is, you know, it might be, it might be sometimes it might be very challenging to really stay happy because of your situation, because we live in the world that we cannot control a lot of things, but perspective perspective is is the best way to lead to happiness because the only thing you can do is control to your perspective and every day you might not be happy or even if you choose to be happy it might be difficult but if you have the right perspective you're going to be in that era of happiness at least you're not going to hate your life that's yeah. exactly what i mean so being in a state of happiness i feel like it's too polarized okay so what, and I have this concept of polarization because I know a lot of people tell you just be positive, be positive, be positive. And being positive every day, even have like its own drawbacks. Being happy every yep. day might, you know, because if you don't test how to be sad, maybe you're not going to be happy the best way. But the thing is this, it's understanding what happiness and sadness is or the perspective you have on these terms, okay? That, that helped me a lot. That, that is something that I use every single day. It's perspective. As you say, if a third world, in third world country, if people are starving and they have like, they don't have any cars, nothing. They have like, they live in this, you know, one bedroom and they, they, they're like four, six, you know, we can, I can tell you my, you know, my experience, you know, we used to live in two bedroom apartment, like, and we were like six in a household. Okay. <laughs> you know? And we were happy, you know, we were the happiest. We used to, you know, some, some people just run naked sometimes and everything. For people in here, it, it sounds weird. It sounds, oh my God, I'm not going to do it. But it's about perspective. So, and to gain an amazing perspective, you got to understand where you are, okay? If you understand you and where you are, you're going to gain good perspective. Let me tell you. So when I get here, you know, and 
things were not looking good. I'll tell you that. I, I was I was working at, you know, uh, you know, I used to get paid five an hour and it's a tip. Okay. It's it's not, it was not enough. You know, there are times that, oh my gosh, this is the only thing that I have to do. But you know, I have a perspective of like, what is happening in my life right now? Okay, Ruel, you're new in a new country. You don't know this. You don't know this. You don't know this. Okay, all these are my problems. What do I need? Okay, this is perspective and really analyzing problem. Okay, this is problem solving. Because happiness is, you know, or being sad or being anxious or hating your life comes from being paralyzed. Paralyzed to change your, your, your life paralyzed to get out of your situation so in order to become you know active or to stop being paralyzed you have to know where you are what you luck and go out and get what you luck that is as simple as it gets so i knew first thing first why did 10 people deny me because of my english bro you gotta master english that's the first thing otherwise you're gonna be a busboy for the rest of your life because if you cannot communicate, how are you going to be successful? How are you going to, like, how would you invite me in this podcast if you don't know what I stand for? No way. Yeah. How could people do business with me if they don't know what I stand for, who I am, and what I would do in the rest of my life, what my dreams are? So people buy from you. You sell your dreams to people. You sell what they, what they need to have. So now... What do I have to do? I have to learn. I have to learn a skill. I require a skill. So I, I stopped thinking about anything else at that point and start learning English. Boom. That's, that's one goal to move my life forward. This is what I mean by perspective. So understanding where you are, whether you're an alcoholic, you know, a lot of people, you know, I love David Goggins because he talks about this, you know, he talks about this. Like if you're, if you're overweight, you know, he, of course, he used the word fat, but if you're overweight, say you're overweight, don't really hide it and everything. And because that's how that's how people get uh, offended by when people like make fat jokes or something because they didn't own that trait. Own that trait, know what requires to change that trait. And your goal is to become a different human being and get out of that. Prove everyone wrong. Okay. So if you understand, you know, if you understand your situation, I, I call this mission perspective. You're a missionary. You are a person that have a goal. Instead of a person that is depressed about, oh, this is happening for me. I mean, this is happening on me. You're a person that says, this is happening to me. What am I doing? I'm a missionary. Like, I see life as a game, right? So I understand which stage I am, what skills I like, what weapons I need. Then it's fight time. Go get it. You know, yeah. there's no happiness. I mean, there's no time for sadness. You know, right. you're not going to be sad in a stage like, what is that going to change? So when you have that perspective, it's different. You, you move differently. You get different results and you move, you move really, really a lot faster. Well, and I think that sometimes people they take the whole happiness as a choice the wrong way. 
in a couple of aspects. A is perspective, like you said, right? So if your perspective of what happiness is changes, then the amount of time that you spend happy can change. For example, if I'm going through something really tough and it didn't used to be this way, I used to sit there and sulk and be sad and and willow in my sadness and stay there, right? Mm. And then I started having the perspective that, wait a minute, everything that I've gone through that I stress about, that I worry about, Mm. it always has a way of figuring itself out. And every time I'm down and I'm sad, I'm always grateful for it afterwards because I realize it made me stronger. And then when I go through that adversity next time, it's not as bad. Then the second part is, is that when people are talking about happiness, I think they assume that it is, uh, And again, it's going to depend on your perspective of happiness, but they assume that it's a certain high energy state where happiness can Mm. be contentment. It can be calmness, you know, and then the the other aspect of it is once you choose to be happy, that doesn't mean and because you believe happiness is a choice doesn't mean that you're going to be happy all the time. Yeah, it means that you're going to make hard decisions. Sometimes you're going to sacrifice certain things to be happy because you've made the choice to be happy because happiness Mm. is a choice. So you have to make other tough decisions. Exactly. I'm not saying that happiness is a choice. You just okay it's time to be happy and i'm going to be happy forever right it's just realizing Mm. the amount of influence that you have over your life and how much time you spend happy based on the decisions that you make 100 yeah and then happiness is a choice perspective choosing the right perspective is definitely your choice yeah so yeah well, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad that uh, you have that perspective and you're able to share kind of from your point of view. Cause I think a lot Absolutely. of times it's, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people he- hear me. Right. And I say it all the time and I'm always yeah. preaching the same shit. Right. And eventually, you know, people go, but who is this guy, you know, and I can tell my story <laughs> and the adversity that I overcame, yeah. but it's nice to get another person's perspective. Uh, that's just totally different, you know? And if exactly. you're, if, if you have these viewpoints and you've come from another country, somebody yeah. who has any excuse to say, I didn't make it or reasons why not to be happy but you are let this shine through to you people that everybody has the ability it's just some people make the decision to do it and some people don't i agree i agree man so let me ask you this yeah if you could pinpoint one thing one thing in particular that was the hardest thing you had to overcome whether it was in ethiopia or here what is what is the hardest thing you've ever had to overcome Man, oh, that's, that's tough. Uh, I, I would tell you this. So the hardest thing that I had to overcome is to believe in myself, to believe in myself. And, and you know, I have really great dreams, amazing dreams, because if you believe in yourself, everything is easy. Everything that I faced is going to be very easy. You know, I've, I've faced a lot of challenges in my life. You know, I've, I've, I've been... You know, again, as I told you, like, you know, the hardest challenge is basically coming to a new country and, you know, after a month or two, um, actually exactly after six months, I was, because when you come to the U.S., first you reside with your sponsors and after you get your documentation, social security number, all that kind of stuff, then you can move by yourself. And when we move out, as I told you, our credit score, we couldn't get anything, any apartment, everything. So we, we, we had to actually ask for a system from the government, get a Section 8 household, not Section 8, actually. So there's different household tiers, like Section 8 is kind of like the cooler one. This one is basically, you know, even lower than Section 8, which is like basically there were gunshots 
at night. <laughs> so I was the only the only person, you know what I'm saying? But of course, a protector in my family. And I, as I told you, I was 20. I don't know what's happening. You know, I've been, you know, back home, you know, I'm good. You know, I, I, I didn't come from like a wealthy background. So I know how the hood work, all that kind of stuff. But bro, we don't use guns in there. <laughs> you know, yeah, this is yeah. something crazy. This is you warfare, know? baby. Yeah, warfare. Like police bumping the door, you know, taking people out. Bro, that's scary, you know. And to believe in myself <laughs> that tomorrow is not going to be like this. We're going to have better life, better job, you know, better opportunity. It's just, I know it depends, it depend, everything depending on me course me and god of course god being my guidance and you know my my mentor everything but it depended on me i was the one to change all that and to believe that i can that was the hardest thing i faced in my whole entire life and still i sometimes face you know i dream big and everything and sometimes like can you really do this you know and and sometimes I had to sit with my mind and confirm my dream to myself. Yes, I can do this because of this, because I've been out of this, because I've been through this and I overcome that. And why cannot I overcome this problem? So it's believing in, in yourself. I think for everyone, the hardest thing is to believe in yourself, especially when no one was believing in you. Well, you just hit on an amazing key point. And that's the sheer fact that you admitted that sometimes you still struggle with it. And I think that yes. is so important to bring up because some people are under the impression that you're either one way or the other way. And we've kind of got to ditch no. that philosophy because it's a never ending game. It's no. never ending yes. growth. No matter how happy you are, you can still be exponentially more happy. And the same is 100%. true vice versa. And sometimes, you know, with certain people's content or gurus or even myself's content, right? It may be yeah. easy to just look at my stuff and be like, this guy's got an easy life. He's always happy, right? But no, I still struggle. You still 100%. struggle. The only difference is, is how deep do you go and when do you stop it, right? When you catch yeah. yourself and say, whoa, 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 what's up with those negative beliefs? Don't let those creep in, right? And change exactly. it, take accountability. But everybody struggles with it every single day. I don't care how blessed you are. I don't care how strong your mindset yes. is. There are still days that you have to struggle. All The only difference is you remind yourself, hey, wait a minute. If this is is a choice and I believe it. I'm gonna keep pushing, right? And exactly. the, the lows become less low in a sense, or we don't stay there for as long because we have faith in the upside, you know. 100 percent And and the cool thing is that you know, the way I do I do I tackle that is usually when you're not believing yourself is fear. Okay, just yep. I'll tell you that. And fear comes from the past, it's it's being projected. So always you gotta go back where you fail and analyze that exact scenario okay i i've been i've been i've been sometimes like in school back home there were times that you know students laughed at me when i do a presentation and i used to be very shy to appear in camera and do content so i had to go back to that situation analyze that come up with a solution and see exactly that event because all you have to ask is like when were when was i anxious when was i fearful to do this you know, a lot of people say I have fear of fear of public speaking. No, you don't have like basically fear of speaking. You have fear of judgment, being judged mm. by people. When were you judged before? What happened there? And dissolve that. What was the reward you got from being judged? And these are the things 
that a lot of people, you know, the, because a lot of times, like everything is in the surface. But as you say earlier, you got to dig deep. That's where solutions are. Well, and I, I heard something really interesting uh, from one of my buddies and I was featuring on his podcast and he brought up a good point about, you know, just what you were saying, right? Like kind yeah. of the stories we tell ourselves, we say that we're like afraid of public speaking. And he was talking about how this doctor did very in-depth research about the brain and how it puts together memories and yes. our brain will sometimes tell us worse stories than what happened to protect yeah. us. Right. So sometimes we 100%. can have a traumatic moment and we actually tell ourselves a, a more negative story or a scarier story. And our, yeah. and our mind might even have perceived it that, that way at that time in yeah. order to protect us from doing yes. it in the future. Exactly. And then same thing, vice versa. So sometimes we have to go and dig deep into those traumas, like you're saying, and be like, Hey, is this story I'm telling myself the truth? And do I even need to be telling myself a story or am I just yeah. justifying my fear? So that way I don't have to face it later on in the future. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Mine is very, is very protective. And because like, again, he, he do he, he want, especially like if you're in the entrepreneurship world, Everything is risk and the mind is again, it's risk. So this is a never ending process that you have to do, you know, whenever you face, uh, you know, a roadblock, huddle or anything, you just got to dissect it, see it and then combat it going forward. And again, it's like a game, right? Just think life as a game. I actually had a, a community, um, you know, uh, it used to be called um, School of Game Changers It's basically you know, you're, you're a game changer in life. And like, if you want to change your game, you just have to see life as a game, ask what tools you need to overcome that, you know, whatever struggle you're facing in that stage. And, you know, the, the, the other part is like, life is a never ending game. So there's always the next stage in your life. And whether that is like family, you know, health, wealth, business relationships, social leadership, spirituality, whatever it is that stage that you're facing, you're going to have struggles. And the thing is now two things. Okay. So first thing is, you know, as you overcome more struggles, you're going to have more, more skills on your toolbox. I mean, to overcome more problems. So if you're really good at solving problems, you know, it's going to get easier to over, you know, to come up with, 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 with solutions for your problems. And also when you enhance different areas of your life, like your health, your, you know, well, business relationship, you know, when something hurts, the other kind of supports you. So it's basically building your skill, of course, and then building yourself in every area of life, you know, finance, you know, that's, that's one number one reason to overcome a lot of problems. You know, you, you have to know how to be how to have healthy financial stand. And, you know, I talk about this like a lot because it's very important, you know, it's, you got to have sustainable income you got to find your purpose you you're if you're not earning good enough definitely some 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 part of your some area of your your life that you have to work because mindset and finance is related and i'm not saying that you have to be depressed because you don't have the financial resources or something but it's very important you know it's very important to solve different things in your life because you know i can tell you something right let's say so one of your family member, you know, run into something and they need immediate medical attention and you don't have any financial resources to make that happen for them. That is going to stress you out and there's no way out. Right. 
So finance is, is very, it's a medium that we transact and buy different things and it gives you option and option is solution, you know, indirectly. So, you yeah. know, of course I believe in balance building, you know, I know a lot of people that have a lot of money, but not happy, you know? So it's not, it's not like a, a causation for happiness, but there's definitely a correlation. Well, and you can I, live, definitely, um, you know, work on balancing those, those areas in your life. Well, and I've always said, and I believe it to be true in my life, when you get your mindset right, right, or you focus on happiness first, the money tends to come as living in a state of abundance almost, you know, because yeah. you're attracting more, you're attracting more opportunities. And also if you can't manage $10,000, well, what makes you think you're going to be able to manage a hundred grand, you know? So sometimes yeah. I think in Western society, we kind of have it, we have it backwards. Cause I know for myself, I, I chased money for a really long time and I thought I was happy. And I said, once I get to X amount of dollars, I'll be happy. And then I got to X amount of dollars and I wasn't as happy as I thought I was yeah and when we switch it around and we enjoy what we do and yes. we're already happy then we attract more money and then it's like you know it, it, it all comes full circle you know but exactly. if you're if you're coming at it from the wrong mindset and chasing that happiness and thinking or chasing that money and thinking it'll get you to be happy I think money buys pleasure but uh you know happiness is something that that has to come from within so yes. when we fall in love with the journey, it's like we get the money and that money brings us happiness because we're already fulfilled, like you said. But if you're not fulfilled, you yeah. have all the money in the world and you'll be able to, you know, solve certain problems and stuff. But you're you're not truly feeling it inside, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is this. I highly agree. You know, there's actually a Russian billionaire um, that actually, you know, he was a he was the the, you know, the richest person in Russia. And I think it was in 2008 when the you know economy sank and everything, he lost a lot of money. And then, you know, he was still a billionaire, but he wasn't the, you know, the, the richest person in Russia. And he actually threw himself in a train and he committed a suicide. Wow. So it's like, you know, a lot of people have, you know, some fixation with status and everything. That's why. It's always important, no matter where you are. I don't care if you have $1 or a billion dollar, you have to navigate your mind because your mind can be very dangerous, very dangerous to operate. If you don't know how it works, what tools you can use to operate the right way. And, you know, really mastering these elementary, but very important things that we were talking about, like, you know, gratitude, values, perspective, like understanding these terms, because instead of you know, people teaching us about Pythagorean theorem and all that kind of stuff. I wish they give this in school, like in elementary and everything. And no one does that. But these are like the essentials you need in life. Like yeah. if you don't know how to navigate your mind, if you don't know how to spiritually connect, uh, you know, with with yourself, you know, God, for me, uh, you know, it's it's going to be hard. You know, it's, it's, it's very hard for you. So it's always very, very important to kind of like mastermind, you know, your mindset, your mind and how it works and how you can leverage it to go to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, it has been amazing to have you on the podcast. My friend, I got one last question for you before you go. Got you. And this is a tough one, <laughs> but if you have one message for the world and less than five words, five words or less, 
You had a wow. megaphone. You could wow. tell the whole entire world. What would your message be? Belief in you. I love it. Yep. I love it. That's that's the key. That's the key. That's the key. I think that's 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 the you know if you see biography, I love biographies, and I read biographies a lot. And if you see the greatest, that's exactly what they do. They don't care. I mean, I mean, like Henry Ford, those people, they were in the age like people think that they're just devil or something. They don't, you know, they, they you might be killed by being innovative. But imagine the, the belief they have into actually implementing their ideas into this world. I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy coming up with a form of gravity, all, all that kind of stuff. Einstein, when you see them, like these people believed in themselves so, so greatly that they're willing to take any type of risk. So that's the type of belief that we knew. And now, since there's a lot of competition, since you, we compare ourselves, you know, with gurus, whatever they are online, we do not believe in ourselves. And I work on that daily. You know, I struggle with that. I wanted to believe more in me, you know, and I know that will take me to the next level. And that's what take, took me so far as well. So believe in you. You bring up a good point, man. There are people who believed in themselves when their life was at risk. You know? Yes. When they had it's laws crazy. that that would, you know, put them behind bars for the rest of their life. So mm -hmm. if we're out here living in America and shit's kind of messed up right now, yeah, I get that. But we're still extremely blessed. And if they can believe in themselves, then I got news for you. You can believe in yourself. 100%, man. So my friend, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, let our let our listeners know where they can follow you on Instagram, how they can reach you if they uh, need any sort of uh, financial help or you know anything when it comes to scaling their business with credit. Absolutely, Brad. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me in this podcast. Again, I love your brand. I love your messaging. I love your genuine approach into kind of like communicating with you know people and giving them tools and resources. And I love that. You've been there. You've seen the problem. You've go, went through it. And I love like, even when I choose mentors, I love seeing those that were there where I was because those are the best person to learn. So, you know, if anyone is following Brad, you know, he's an amazing dude, please. Uh, you know, I even, I, I definitely will reach you out, you know, when I, when I want to navigate a lot of things in my mind as well. So stay connected with Brad, you know, some, some you know, a guy that I look up to, when it comes to mindset and, you know, the consistency of his brand, how he put things, you know, I, I really admire you on that brother. Uh, so you guys, uh, if, if anyone have any type of, you know, I basically, my goal in life is to impact 1 million people achieve true financial and emotional mastery. So when I say financial mastery, I'm talking about having the freedom of, you know, finance like basically to be able to earn anywhere when do you, when you want and there are two types of financial mastery first stage and second stage and i break this down to people and it's very very easy to understand because you know finance is all about numbers and when you get the numbers down a lot of people when I ask them like what is your job freedom number because a lot of people hate their job and when I ask them what's your job freedom number they don't know it this is how finance starts by knowing your number. And when you know that, again, you become a mission driven person. You have a goal that you want. 
and you work towards a certain goal that you want to achieve. So if you are looking to be financially independent, if you want to take your business to the next level, I would love to help you. And the consumer side of things, if you are like, you know, if you're a normal person, I love helping you on your credit. If you're struggling with credit, if you don't want to pay like me, you know, you know, 27%, 20% on a car loan, fix your credit. It's a very essential thing that you can do in your life. You know, it means, you know, the average American uh, spend over $500,000 in their lifetime only on debt. Okay. And that is because of they have a very low credit score. And if you have low credit score, the banks makes up on that by adding a lot of interest on you. So I would love to help you lowering those interests, pay very little interest by having great scores. So if you want to unleash your, uh, you, if you want to unleash your financial power, I'd love to help you there. So our process usually takes 30 to 90 days. And our goal is basically to give you a power to, um, you know, be powerful in your, in your decision-making finance and what you want to acquire in this world. So in the other side of my business, I work with Eli business owners and give them access to capital. You know, I have actually an amazing process that I call fire fuel machine. And this is what I help business owners do. You know, I give them the fuel, which is capital to scale their business to multi seven figure and some eight figure, depending on where you are. Capital is a fuel. You know, if you, if you start something, you need a fuel to, to keep that fire burning and going to the, the, you know, to the next level. So if you need any type of financing, you know, we usually specialize in uh, securing 0% interest credit for our business. And then when the business is seasoned, we take our clients to the corporate uh, credit side and give them access up to $5 million. So uh, I'd love for you, if you're a business owner, I'd love to really give you an amazing, um, you know, service on that. And of course, mention Brad, because I want to do an amazing service uh, for any connection that comes with him uh, and also give you some discounts on uh, some of our products as well. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we, we Thanks, will be brother. in touch, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yep, take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Rips podcast. If this episode brought you any sort of value whatsoever, and maybe there's something inside of you saying, I kind of like the energy I'm feeling right now, be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Happy Gang Lifestyle. I post mindfulness content, spiritual content, motivational content Monday through Friday. If you'd like to know more about my story or have an inkling inside of you that I might be able to help you in your journey in life, be sure to reach out to me or schedule a free strategy session at happygangcoaching.com. It's free. What do you have to lose? Make it a great day.